0: Hey, listeners, welcome back. I have another exciting episode on autism spectrum disorders. This is number three in the series, and I am really, really excited about this episode. So before we start, I want to give you the CME information. This episode is one of a three-part series of podcasts on autism spectrum disorders. This activity has been planned and implemented in accordance with the accreditation requirements and policies of the Accreditation Council for Continuing Medical Education, ACCME, through the joint providership of Michigan State University and the Michigan Chapter of the American Academy of Pediatrics. Michigan State University is accredited by the ACCME to provide continuing medical education for physicians. The Michigan State University designates this internet enduring material activity for a maximum of 1.0 AMA PRA Category 1 credit. Physicians should claim only the credits commensurate with the extent of their participation in the activity. All planners, reviewers, faculty presenters have nothing to disclose. The following commercial organization provided non-restricted educational grants to support this CME activity. The organization is Cognoa. Participants will be able to claim CME by reading the Activity Instructions for Participants, AIP, using the CME claim link both listed in the show notes. The target audience is physicians, physician assistants, and nurses in the specialty area of pediatrics and nurse practitioners. The learning objectives include objective number one, give examples of challenges individuals living with autism spectrum disorders face. Objective two, recognize the needs of individuals living with autism spectrum disorders, for example, to be listened to or to be taken seriously. And objective three, describe the life goals of the podcast guests. Please sit back and enjoy this conversation. Welcome back to another episode of Pediatric Meltdown, and thank you so much for being with me here today. I have two really special guests that I want to introduce, and they are brothers Evan and Brandt Ingber, and they are previous patients. Brandt and Evan were both diagnosed on the autism spectrum, and they have some really important things to share. So I hope you'll take a listen, and hearing from the patients that we care for is really eye-opening. Evan is a 25-year-old who works full-time and lives with his brother. Evan enjoys outdoor activities, boating, fishing, camping, yard work, working with his hands, and lightsaber dueling. Evan also volunteers in his spare time as a snowboard coach and at fundraisers for Special Olympics. Brandt is a 23-year-old who works full-time and lives with his brother. Brandt enjoys Pokemon Go, anime, lightsaber dueling, And volunteering with Special Olympics fundraisers and at animal shelters. Again, please take some time to sit down and listen to these two lovely young men as they share their insights and experiences. Hey, Brant, how are you?
1: I'm doing fine. What about you, Dr. G?
0: Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for doing this with me. I appreciate your time. I know you're busy. Actually,
1: I'm just a little bit busy with a few things, but I don't mind.
0: Well, it's very nice of you to do this. So you and I have some questions to do together. And so I'm going to just read the questions and then you can tell me what you think. And this is to help doctors and other people that take care of kids understand better about autism. All right. Okay. So our first question is, You told me before that you have a disability, but you said it's not a crutch. Can you tell me what that means to you?
1: Well, um, it's most likely it's um, don't using my disability as an excuse. Who taught you that? Mostly my mother taught me about that I can't use everything in my life as an excuse for my autism. Yeah, and you just have to try, right? No, do or do not. Because if you keep saying that you try, it means that you don't actually believe in yourself.
0: Okay. Well, that's a good way to think of it. Well, let's go to question number two. You also told me that sometimes conversations are hard. Can you tell me about that?
1: Well, I mostly stutter for what to say next. I don't memorize people's names easily. Mm. And I want to say something, but it's hard for me to say it when I'm in a conversation. I don't want to add some I want to add something, but it's hard. It's hard to know how and sometimes I forget what I wanted to say. It can be frustrating most of the time.
0: I bet that can be really frustrating. well, the other thing that you told me, number three is that you just got a raise at work. And can you tell me what makes you so good at your job? And what do you like best about your job?
1: I just do like everyone told me to do and just focus on working on the line. And I'm mostly an early bird. Mm-hmm. Like I'm here earlier than time expected. And uh, my boss actually um, helps me out a lot, even um, during the um when I'm supposed to take some quizzes, um, they even help me just give me the answers to it, even though it's kind of hard for me to understand it.
0: And this isn't a question we wrote down, but is your job fun sometimes?
1: Well, um, depends on how you look at it. What I'm working at right now is something called the kidding area, where I just box up some parts and I just prepare it for the assembly line. It's... It can be a bit tricky, only if I have to make um, three different types of boxes at one time. Mm -hmm. But it can be a little bit easier when you're at a fast pace and working on a few boxes.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, let's go to question number four. You and your brother both told me that your mom really helped you with your disability. What did she do that helped you?
1: She normally tells me about what part of my disability and which is not part of my disability. And she doesn't let me use my disability as an excuse. She helps me by telling me a lot about some things I can't understand. She helps me solve stressful situations and make better choices.
0: Okay. Let's go to question number five. Did you do Special Olympics? And what did you like best if you did do it?
1: Well, I did used to do Special Olympics when I was younger, but now I'm just um, volunteering for a fundraiser once a year at the Special Olympics event called Polar Plunge. As an athlete, I didn't love it. But when I'm volunteering, um, i just enjoying it and meeting a few old friends And um, I did enjoy that one moment when I dressed up like a polar bear to entertain (laughs) some people.
0: Oh, for the cold plunge? Yeah. That's funny. Question number six, what other things do you like to do for fun?
1: Well, I normally enjoy people reactions like yours, for example. Since um, you and I are just um, seeing screen to screen right now and we're just recording for a podcast, I do enjoy um getting people some laughter out. It's better than LLL or laughing emoji. Agree. You're
0: good at telling
1: jokes. All right. Um I won't do you mind if I tell you my best joke? Sure. Oh, uh, that means that you don't want to hear my best joke?
0: <laughs> oh, you got me again.
1: <laughs> so anywho, um. There was this one moment I worked at a factory and I was sitting alone in the break room when a woman walked up to me and says, do you have a girlfriend? Then I told her, not since high school. Why? Are you volunteering? (laughs) And did she laugh? She did. And so did the other people. And she told me, no, I'm into girls.
0: (laughs) So did that surprise
1: you? Yeah, to be honest, um, it did. But um, I think she was doing it for someone else. Oh, I see.
0: You told me that you also like some other things like video games.
1: Yeah, there are some video games I do enjoy. There's also, I mostly I just enjoy doing some sleeping and watching some anime with my older brother.
0: Oh, that's right. You told me you liked anime a lot. Now, your brother likes doing lightsaber. Do you do that too?
1: Well, I'm starting to do less and less because I work in second shift and just trying to catch up with my energy, you know. So that takes too
0: much energy doing
1: that. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, question number seven, when you used to come to my office, what was the scariest thing or hardest thing?
1: Well, when I was little, the scariest thing is taking the shots and the hardest thing was to trust my mom.
0: Why was that hard to trust her? What did she say that made you not trust her?
1: Well, when I was younger, um, I've asked her about not getting the never shot again. And she did tell me that she promised about not getting a shot. And then she actually broke her promise and somehow we just ended up getting a shot anyway.
0: I bet I know what happened. I bet what happened is she thought you didn't need shots. And then you came in, and I said, Oh, by the way, I think Brant needs another shot. And then she said, Okay, let's do it since you're here, but you weren't prepared. Does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah. I bet that's hard.
1: But I thought um, there are some premises that you can't keep.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, and the other thing is question number eight. What do you think doctors should know about people living with autism?
1: I think they should convince people with autism to make real-life goals. When I was younger, I would get lost in my own world. But as I grew older, I saw that I wanted different things like a girlfriend, a job, and a job that I wanted to do. I had to make goals for myself in order to get those things.
0: I love that. Who helped you find those goals?
1: Well, um, just um, mostly myself and um, just some guidance from some helpers from my school days and um, mostly my mother.
0: So it's important for everybody to have goals. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. Well, our last question is you have a job drive a car, and you live in a duplex with your brother right next door to your mom. So that's really convenient. And that is so amazing. What else do you want to happen next in your life?
1: Mainly, I just wanted to um, find a girlfriend and hopefully get married and have kids of my own because I wanted to pass on the Brandt name because it used to be a last name of my ancestor, John Brandt. He wanted to have a son to pass on the brand name, but he ended up having four daughters.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a good goal. Do you think it'll be hard to find a girlfriend?
1: You have no idea, sister.
0: (laughs) What do you mean by that?
1: Well, um, I hardly um, get out of the house. And uh, I'm trying to do Facebook um, dating and a few dating sites. And I'm trying to be careful with my money.
0: That's that's hard to do, right? Yep. Yeah. Well, is it hard sometimes with girlfriends or just friends? Do they sometimes not understand
1: you or get confused? To be honest, I actually don't know. I, yes, it can be hard to um, look for someone. Yeah. And at the same time, um, they are either um, being too smart for me or. Um, I'm actually trying to look for someone who doesn't smoke very often yeah. because I want to avoid any smoking or drinking. You don't like those things. Right.
0: And this isn't on our question list, but how old are you? I forgot. 23. 23. That's really amazing. I can't believe I've known you so long. Yep. Yeah. The other question I was going to ask you, and this isn't on the list either, is, is it hard to tell about other people's emotion? Like, can you tell easily if they're happy or sad?
1: Well, um, I can tell if um, they're happy because I can see their smiles or their squint um, eyes um, after I tell a few jokes, because most people are just wearing a mask nowadays.
0: Well, is there anything else that you want to tell the people who are going to listen to the podcast about? having autism
1: well um for one thing um to be honest I actually don't know
0: that's okay that's okay it wasn't on the question list so I, I know. that's <laughs> I was cheating a little
1: bit right <laughs> I guess
0: yeah well is there anything else you wanted to tell me
1: hmm not at the moment no
0: okay well, thanks so much for talking to me, Brandt. I appreciate your time. I know that you're a busy man. Do you have to work today?
1: Well, yeah. And next week, um, I'm getting an extra hour in to make up some of the most parts that we missed and make sure we don't have any overtime on Saturdays.
0: Okay. Okay. Do you like your new position since you got
1: um, a raise? Yeah, I did in joy um, working there. Um, but nothing changed since um, I got a promotion, except for an extra money, of course.
0: <laughs> that is nice. And what are you going to do with your
1: extra money? Well, to be honest, I lost um, some of the money because there was a problem with my car insurance and I just want to get most of the money I've earned back. Well, that makes sense. And um, I need to pay back the house fund because they actually um, helped me with my car and. In- insurance. So I need to pay them back.
0: Being an adult, we have a lot of different kinds of bills than when you're a teenager. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm going to let you go and I appreciate your time and thank you so much for doing this podcast with me.
1: No problem.
0: All right. Bye, Brant. Later. I'm so glad that you had an opportunity to hear from Brant because I think it's really important to have those different perspectives and patient voices, we need to understand what matters to patients, not necessarily what matters to us or what matters to parents, but what do the patients want for themselves and their futures? Next up, you're going to hear from his older brother, Evan, and he also has some really wise words to share. Hi, Evan. How are you?
2: I'm doing great. Thank you for inviting me to this podcast.
0: Oh, I'm so pleased that you had time to do it with me. I think it's just really important to hear from our patients and our kids. You know, as a doctor, we do lots of things for our kids, but we don't always hear your voice. So thank you. So the first thing I wanted to talk a little bit about is just about autism and what does that mean for you?
2: For me, it was just the hand I was dealt at birth. So I didn't really notice much difference until um, later in elementary school, when kids started like reading faster and stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And did you find that it was harder, like socially, like reading other people's emotions?
2: It was at first. And then uh, after a bit of practice and putting myself out there more, I became more and more sociable to where people almost don't know that i have autism.
0: Wow, that's really that's really great. I think that's important for people. How did you learn how to do that?
2: It was practice, learning to read a room and stuff, as well as the hardest one, don't interrupt other people's conversations even if you know the answer.
0: I have hard time with that too. <laughs> if that makes any difference.
2: (laughs) I think everyone has a hard time with it. It's just picking up on social cues that people need to learn and stuff.
0: Right, right. Well, you live with your brother who also has autism. Who's the social one?
2: I'm a bit more sociable than my brother is.
0: Yeah. And why do you think that?
2: I like to go out of town and stuff to hang out with friends out in like Ann Arbor and Detroit and stuff. And uh, most of them hang out like in the general public. So it helps to have at least some social skills.
0: Mm-hmm. So having friendships is, is really important to you.
2: Oh yeah. Okay.
0: Tell me about what you like to do for fun. What do you like to do with your friends?
2: We've got a lightsaber performance and sparring group that we put on shows for people, as well as doing performances and training how to do self-defense and stuff like that.
0: How did you get involved in that?
2: A coworker of mine told me about it, and I asked him if I could possibly join. And he said, sure, I'll have you meet the guys. And then gave me an address for Canton. And I'm like, wait a sec, this is how long of a drive?
0: (laughs) That's so great. I love that. What about, do you do video games where you, you know, chat with other people while you're doing that?
2: Yeah, I play a little bit of GTA and stuff like that. Can't say that's the perfect place to learn social skills. If anything, it probably backfires a little bit.
0: You're going to have to educate me. What's GTA stand for?
2: Grand Theft Auto.
0: Thank you. I knew I should know that, but I just didn't. What about, did you say you also are involved in an anime club?
2: I mean, the group, the lightsaber group that I'm part of is comprised mostly of anime nerds and stuff. So Uh, It's where um, we all have similar interests in anime, that kind of nerd culture, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I think we all like being with people that have common interests. So it sounds like you found found your place. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about high school. I think that's where you and I got to know each other the best. and, And that was kind of a hard time for you. And You had some problems with depression. What was that like?
2: For me, it was just kind of a constant state of being where it was depression day in and day out and thoughts of suicide, which I had just become accustomed to. And after dealing with it since middle school and all throughout high school, I had just had enough and wanted to end it, but saying it is one thing, actually committing to it is a whole nother thing, and it was pretty hard to do and even harder to ask for help.
0: Yeah. Was there something that you think caused your depression or led to your depression, or did it just happen?
2: It was mostly bullying and stuff from school feeling less than and not good enough for the world and stuff like that
0: yeah yeah i think a lot of high school students that experience depression and suicidal thoughts may have some of those same experiences so what was the turning point when you finally asked for
2: help the turning point was some um, when I finally came to my mom and said that I know these feelings aren't normal. I shouldn't feel like constantly wanting to kill myself. I need some help. And that's when we called up a Kalamazoo group to help us out with getting into the mental health system. And once they stopped by the house, they took one look at the house and said, this is a good home environment. He's fine. And I said, you don't seem to get it. There's something wrong with my head and I don't feel right. And they said it was just hormones and that I would get over it eventually.
0: That doesn't sound like that was very helpful.
2: It wasn't at all.
0: Yeah. How did you get help? Because I know that you did get admitted to the hospital.
2: I think um, you had said that someone over at um, Michigan University could help us out. And so uh, going based off of whatever last straw we could grab, uh, Michigan University or bust sort of deal. And then right. from there, we got a actual check-in and stuff like that. But unfortunately, um, I was still a teen at the time and the beds for young adults and stuff like that um, go a lot quicker in the state of Michigan. And so after having the checkup and stuff over at Michigan University, they broke the news to me, well, we're out of beds in the hospital, so we're going to have to ship you out of state.
0: Right? Yeah, I think we had to fight really hard to make that happen. And that was not ideal. But we needed to do whatever we could do to keep you safe. But that was hard. That was hard for you. It was hard for your mom. And I'm sorry that happened. It shouldn't be that difficult to get help. When you were in the hospital, Evan, did that help?
2: Yeah, the people in the hospital were actually a lot more down-to-earth than the doctors themselves, it felt like.
0: Okay, so the staff paid attention to you. What do you think the doctors could have done differently?
2: It almost felt like the doctors at the facility weren't listening to me, and they were just thinking about what kind of meds can we give this kid. So that he doesn't feel like this anymore, rather than like starting with coping skills and stuff like that to see if that would help, rather than going straight into medicine, which absolutely screws with your mind.
0: Yeah, can be helpful to some people, but yeah, there's lots of different ways to help. And I love that you're saying that it's really important to listen to kids, is the most important thing.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Listen to your patient is the one message I want to get across the most.
0: Well, I think that's a really important message. So you have a couple of tattoos on your wrist. Describe what those are and why you got them.
2: The tattoos on my wrist are semicolons, which was a trend going on back in 2019 or so that was about suicide awareness and so uh, I got them put on my wrist because back in high school I used to cut in stuff in order to feel pain and stuff like that because I had it in my mind that I feel pain therefore I am real and alive and it was a backwards way of thinking honestly
0: well, I think that's a pretty common thing for people to think. It's a lot of kids and, and probably a lot of adults cut, and, and it does sound weird that somehow pain would relieve pain, but I think that's true. Did the tattoos help remind you of anything?
2: It does take me back to the days at the hospital, just looking at the tattoos and thinking, do I really want to actually commit suicide or is there another solution that i'm not seeing yet
0: so are they helpful to you
2: i find them helpful yes yeah
0: kind of a reminder that you have reasons for living
2: yeah for the most part i'd say the group is a better reminder of a reason for living
0: your lightsaber group you mean yeah 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 i think it's all important it's important for everybody to have that group of people that you really enjoy and your family. I mean, those things really help people. I'm glad that you found that. Well, Evan, what do you think doctors most need to know about taking care of kids who have autism? And, and I realize that, you know, just saying a kid has autism, it doesn't really explain what that kid is like, right? Because it's really different. So what would you, what advice would you
2: have? Autism is a spectrum. There's high end of the spectrum and low end of the spectrum. And your patient is probably somewhere within there. But the one thing is that just like no two humans are the same, most autistic people are not the same either. Each require different needs, different wants, different goals in life. And so it's up to the doctor and the parents as well to kind of figure out um, what those goals are, as well as which goals are feasible for them to achieve on their own or to achieve with some level of help.
0: It's really interesting because I did an interview a little bit earlier with your brother, and he said the same thing about goals. That they were really important. And who helped you with the goals?
2: Well, first and foremost, you. <laughs> but
0: <laughs> I wasn't fishing for that, honestly.
2: <laughs> but no, you were instrumental at least with helping me keep on track, stay alive, all that stuff. As well as my mom helping me out. And during the hospital stays, helping me to stay sane and stuff like that.
0: How would you describe your mom?
2: Hard to put it in politically correct terms.
0: <laughs> I think I know what you're thinking. It's a bad person. <laughs> bad not, blank.
2: <laughs> not exactly a bad blank, but she's, a she's tough... stubborn and... She has her own goals for what people can and can't do. And more often than not, um, the goals are actually feasible if you continue to work with that person and actually see them through to the end of that goal.
0: She set high expectations, like that you guys could do and become what you wanted to do and become and that autism shouldn't get in the way. Is that true?
2: Autism shouldn't get in the way, but it still does get in the way. But the real thing is to not let it get in the way and instead try to figure out how to make things work and how to be productive adults. Right. Because that's the thing we're really aspiring for is to be treated just like everyone else.
0: Sure. With goals and, and wishes. What With autism, what gets in the way?
2: For some people, it can be like certain thoughts, such as suicidal thoughts, or okay. it can be a speech impediment. To where some people can't understand you and then others do. Another thing is that every once in a while, your mind just gets kind of clouded and you can't think of what you wanted to say.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. And And then other times it's just blurting out whatever the hell comes into your head first and then realizing probably shouldn't have said that.
0: (laughs) I think a lot of people do that. (laughs) I don't think you have to have autism to blurt things out when you shouldn't. We'll
2: People with autism have a certain bluntness to it I, also. Yes,
0: I think I think that's a really good point. Tell me about your job and what you like best about it.
2: I'm currently working as a paint operator on a paint booth and I like it just because it's the same job every day with different um, parts to work on. So I kind of know what I'm getting into, but it's not too repetitive.
0: So it's predictable. Right. Yeah. And then you told me that there were three Ps that were important when you thought about a job. Can you remember what those three Ps were?
2: People, you got to like who you work with. Profit, you got to make enough money to make it worth it. And then place, it's got to be within a good location to the house and stuff like that. Nobody likes an hour commute unless okay. the pay's really good.
0: <laughs> so that would be when the profitability outweighs the place.
2: Right. And yeah. it's all about moderation and stuff between all three of them because you're not going to like everyone you work with. You're not going to make six figures like you thought you would.
0: Right, right. Well, that seems very practical way of looking at things. I like that. Well, I just wanted to kind of round up with the fact that, first of all, I'm super proud of you. I think that you are an amazing young man and You've just done so many things in life that I wish for all my patients. I mean, you have a great job, you drive a car, you have your own place. I love that you live with your brother, and I think it's it kind of worked out, interestingly, that you live in a duplex next to your mom. What else do you want in your life? What What's next for you?
2: I mean, girlfriend, not okay. for lack of trying.
0: <laughs> so you'd like to have a girlfriend and... Where, I mean, do you want to live in the same place? Do you have other things that you want to do in your life?
2: I would like to stay in Kalamazoo if possible, but if life has other plans for me or better plans somewhere else in the state, then yeah, I can move around a bit, but I'd rather not be like in, like deep in the city or way out in the sticks like 45 minutes from town sticks.
1: Mhm.
0: Yeah, that would be far away. Well, it seems like you have a little bit of the best of both worlds. I mean, you get to be close to family. Maybe you don't always always love being close to family, but then you have lots of friends and it sounds like you have a really rich life.
2: Yeah, I like where my life's going at the moment.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad that you were able to kind of see light at the end of the tunnel and be in in such a good place right now. And and I'm really sorry that you went through everything that you did, but I'm so happy that things have worked out well for you.
2: If I didn't go through what I did, I wouldn't be who I am today.
0: That's right. That's right. Well, you told me that you were recently at a conference, I think, and you met somebody who was also struggling with some things and that you felt like you were a good person to talk with them about it. Was that true?
2: Uh, Yes. I spoke with a parent about um, some of the struggles that she had gone through in her early years, as well as her son's struggles that he had been facing while going to the same school I used to go to. Uh-huh. And so I kind of shared my experience with them and also told them I'm no expert but here's my experience.
0: That was really brave of you to share and I do think I mean honestly from this conversation that you have a lot to share and you have a lot of wisdom. There's a lot that you said today that I think doctors and teachers and therapists and parents Need to hear. And thank you so much for sharing.
2: Thank you for having me again.
0: I appreciate it. Take care. Thank you so much for listening. I think this was just an amazing conversation. Before I get to the show takeaway notes, I want to first go over the CME instructions so that you can claim that at the end of this episode. This episode is one of a three part series of podcasts on autism spectrum disorders. This activity has been planned and implemented in accordance with the accreditation requirements and policies of the Accreditation Council for Continuing Medical Education, ACCME, through the joint providership of Michigan State University and the Michigan chapter of the American Academy of Pediatrics. Michigan State University is accredited by the ACCME to provide continuing medical education for physicians, The Michigan State University designates this Internet Enduring Material activity for a maximum of 1.0 AMA PRA Category 1 credit. Physicians should claim only the credit commensurate with the extent of their participation in the activity. All planners, reviewers, and faculty presenters have nothing to disclose. Cognoa is a commercial organization that provided non-restricted educational grants to support this CME activity. Participants will be able to claim CME by reading the activity instructions for participants, AIP, using the CME claim link, and both will be listed in the show notes. The target audience physicians, physician assistant, nurses in the specialty area of pediatrics. Learning objectives Objective number one give examples of challenges individuals living with autism spectrum disorders face. Objective number two. Recognize the needs of individuals living with autism spectrum disorders, for example, to be listened to, to be taken seriously when seen by healthcare professionals. And objective number three, describe the life goals of the podcast guests. Thank you so much for listening, and we will head right into the show notes. A huge thank you to Brandt and Evan for sharing their insights so beautifully And so openly with all of us, there are so many powerful things that they shared. And I think we have to keep in mind how patients perceive us and the care we're giving. So here are my takeaways. Number one, Evan beautifully says that doctors need to know that autism is a spectrum disorder. There are those with low and high functioning and most are in between. All are individuals. Number two, Brandt talked about breaking promises and no shots. The suggestion might be is to prepare parents, and this could be true for all kids, that any time they come to the office, they might need to have their child vaccinated for something and to not make promises that they won't receive a shot. Because for Brandt, that was a really unhappy experience for him. Number three, autism was, quote, the hand I was dealt with at birth, said Evan. I didn't know that there was anything different until I had trouble reading more slowly in elementary school. For Brandt, he describes autism as a disability, but that it's not an excuse to get to his goals. Number four, what is hard about autism is communication. For Brandt, It is his stutter, not memorizing names, and sometimes not being able to find the words for what he wants to say. Evan said that autism gets in the way for him too. For some, it is about speech, finding words, and that his mind gets clouded and he can't think of what he wants to say. Sometimes he just says what is on his mind and blurt something out. He said bluntness is pretty common. Number five. For Brandt, his mother helps him know what might be related to his disability or not and how to solve problems. For Evan, he talked a lot about feasible goals that he could achieve himself and goals where help might be needed. He found help in his teachers and his mother. And as you can hear from both of these boys, their mother, Mary, uh, was a very powerful force for them and for me as well. I mean, I learned so much from her and you can go back and Listen to episode 28 to hear Mary's perspectives about the care that she needs. Number six, Evan shared that he needed to find friends and a place where he belonged. His lightsaber dueling group has been just that for him. Shout out to the gray mercenary knights. Number 7. Brant enjoys volunteering with Special Olympics rather than being an athlete, and he likes his boss at work, and those two things for him feel like enough. Number 8. Both enjoy their jobs in manufacturing. The work is predictable but not repetitive. Evan said for him work has to fit the 3 P's: people you like, profit, and a place that is nearby. I think those are all really practical and work for most of us. Number nine, Evan shared a lot about his mental health struggles that started in middle school and continued into high school. He said depression was a state of being day in and day out. There was a lot of bullying and he just didn't feel like he belonged. He knew he needed help when he started thinking about suicide and asked for help. His mom was his advocate when others didn't recognize how much he was struggling. They had even called professionals to the home, and he felt that they assessed the environment and felt that he was safe, and he said, I just didn't feel safe. I needed help. Number 10, being in an inpatient facility helped Evan quite a bit. He said that mostly the staff that helped and taught him coping skills. He thought the doctors were too focused on medications. When asked that what he wishes doctors could do better, he said, Listen. This has been a common theme when talking to patients and parents that doctors and clinicians need to listen. We need to sit down, take our time, look our patients in the eyes, and listen. Number 11, both Evan and Brandt are forward thinking. They don't let autism hold them back. They want to be productive adults just like everyone else and to attain their own goals in life. One common goal they both have is that they would both like girlfriends. And number 12. My great thanks to these young men. I am grateful that I was part of their journey and I have obviously way more to learn from them than they from me. Thank you so much for listening and again I really appreciate Evan and Brant and their mother Mary for being upfront and honest and Conveying very important words in that the bottom line with the practice of medicine is in the relationship that we have with our patients. It's important that we know the information, but what patients really want is for us to see them, to hear them, and to care about them. That doesn't seem like so much to ask. Thank you so much for all the work you do I know you all care about kids and want to make the world a better place. There is no better profession, I think, than pediatrics. As always, thank you so much for all the work you do, and I am so grateful to be in the pediatric club. Please take care of yourselves, and I look forward to you joining me next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pediatric Meltdown. In the words of Maya Angelou, do the best you can until you know better. Then when you know better, do better. Let's do better together. This podcast was made possible by the team at Streamlined Podcasts. Music was composed by Connor McHugh and cover art was designed by Alexia Barrero.